Okay, welcome. Thursday night Cholent. It's called Cholent because we eat real Cholent. I finished my Cholent. You're continuing to eat yours until uh, we run out. There's more Cholent if anyone's coming. Uh, <laughs> it's Cholent because we learn something different, completely different every week. Look, Kavit Hanukkah, we're going to learn from the uh, Bnei Yasascha, from Rav Tzvi Elimelech Medinov, who was a Talmud of the Chayza. The Chayza used to call him Mein Chanakalicht because he had a special Hislavus, a special uh, passion for Hanukkah. And the Chayza told him that it's because he's a Gilgal from the base Hashmanoi. So he has a connection to the historical uh, the Hasmoneans, the Maccabees. And that's why he uh, gets excited for Hanukkah. Although he, he called his Sefer B'nai Yisoscha because he uh, was, or the Chayza told him he was from Shevet Yisoscha. So I guess it's not the Gilgal was Hashmanoi is Kehanim. I'm not exactly sure how it uh, works. Maybe, you know, some Munkachers out there who are more, Munkach comes from, from Dinov. They could explain exactly how it works. But anyway, so Hanukkah, you got to learn B'nai Yasaska. I mean, B'nai Yasaska is always good, but especially for Hanukkah. So I picked this Mimer, Mimer Ches, where he's speaking about uh, the Rekeach. What the Rekeach is writing about Hanukkah. The Rekeach is one of the Chside Ashkenaz. The Rekeach was uh, Rab Alazar from Vermeiza, or Worms, they call it Worms, which is the famous city where Rashi is from. Rashi is a couple generations after uh, Rebbe Lazar of Vermeiza, and he called the Sefer Rekeach, which means a perfume maker, uh, because it's the gematria of his name, Rekeach, Alazar, same gematria. Anyways, uh, and he's uh, like a medieval Kabbalist, one of the few Ashkenazic Kabbalists of that time. Um, because uh, at that time, mostly you have a lot of Kabbalah coming from the Sephardim, from Spain, but uh, he was one of the Chesidei uh, Ashkenaz, like Rav Yehuda Chassid was one of the Chesidei Ashkenaz. Rekech was his Talmud, actually. Okay, at any rate, so the Bnei Yasoscha says here, the Wilkin Maimir Ches, Eid Kosov HaRava Kaddish Hanau. Again, Based on the on the rekeach, tiknu lamed vav neiros day, meaning the chachamim after the 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 victory over the Greeks, they established that it should be celebrated by um, lighting thirty six candles. What is what is thirty six candles? Who has a menorah with thirty six candles? Well, you do one plus two plus three plus four plus five plus six plus seven plus eight. You get thirty. Uh, you, yeah, yeah. You get thirty-six. I, uh, I didn't write. I didn't write it down, but you get thirty-six. Why do the boxes all sell uh, forty-five? Shamish. Shamish. Yeah. <laughs> but if you have the minig for the the beeswax, then you always have the extra. I haven't. I didn't figure out the math yet. The tzirufim yet. How many boxes of the oil do you need if you have? If you use the beeswax, the the shiva. Shamish. Okay, anyways. <laughs> no, why is it 45? It should be 44. Or, 44. They do sell 44? Yeah. Well, that's a good thing, because 
That would work out numerically, mathematically. Hmm? Okay. I, all I know is every year I always have extra, and then out of Hanukkah, we don't have them anymore. I don't know where they go. There's gremlins who steal the extra Hanukkah oils. Okay. Anyway, so they set up the 36 candles. 36 candles, what? Corresponding to the 36 hours that Adam Harishan used the original light, the Oyer Harishan, the Oyer Harishan, Hashem said, Yehi Oyer, that's the first day of creation. Let there be light. Well, what light is that? I'm not talking about the light of the sun, because that's on day four when the sun and the moon were created. It's a special oil, an oil haganos. Medrash says a light that was hidden away. It was too powerful. And uh, at any rate, so other Mauritian had access to that light for 36 hours. Different medrashim have different uh, opinions of how it actually worked as far as when the first sunset was for other Mauritian. But uh, at least according to this, the Medrash that this is based on, uh, so Adam was created midday on, on Friday, and, and the sixth day of creation. But apparently, um, I mean, there's different, there's different explanations, but according to the, the, the explanation this is based on, the sun didn't go down on Shabbos, it only went down Matzah Shabbos. So he had 12 hours of, of uh, light, on Erev Shabbos, because he was created in the middle of, of Erev Shabbos, and then he had for 24 hours of Shabbos, and then the sun went down after Shabbos was over, and he made Havdalah. He made the brach of Beire Meireho Eishana, I think uh, Flintstones. Not the Jetsons, the Flintstones. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so that's 36 hours. 12 and 24 is 36. You check the math later. Okay, our accounting firm will get back to us. Let us know. Anyways, Kamesh Amrud Azal be psikta because of eight. Okay, like the, the Chazal say in the, in the Medish. Because of eight. And the Rekeach writes further. Shal ois tesh shal viyara lekim es ha'ur kitoiv. On the Pasek. And Hashem saw that the light was good. The light was good. So on that tes of the word toiv, which means good, yesh al hates dalid tagin, there are four calligraphic crowns. You know, the calligraphy, the tagin, on top of the letters. Normally, we don't really um, learn those, learn meaning from them, although it says Rabbi Akiva was able to. He was able to extract tile tilen shel halacha, legal ramifications based on the calligraphy and the crowns. But uh, the Rekeach says that the four crowns on top of the test, so you get the test is nine, right? The test itself is nine, times the four crowns, nine times four, boom, again, you got 36. Lohoides, dalid pomim, tes, to show you four, four times nine, Hainu Remez Alamid Vavnedo Shel Hanukkah, which hints to the 36 candles of Hanukkah, Ein Shom Oid Bedvarov. In other words, and as the Bnei Yisachar is going to explain, the candles of Hanukkah are, are 
glimpse into the Eir Rishon, the Eir Hagonas, the light that hasn't been around since, uh, since the end of the first Shabbos. But every year on Hanukkah, we, come on in, we get access back to that original light. Okay. V'hincha raya yedidi, divre ir v'kadish, shekol dvorav divre kabbalah mepi elio zal. So he says, and you see, my friend, the words of this holy angel, talking about the Rekeach, all of his words were received from Elio Anavi. How did he get, how did uh, the Rekeach know these things? He got it from Elio. Bechladach see the Ashkenaz, or Mechadish, a lot of new things that um, you might say, we don't have a Masaira for it. I mean, the whole Tzavav of Yehuda Chassid are innovations. So where did they get it from? Okay, one way, Gilu Elio, they had uh, Elijah the prophet told them things. The light of the Hanukkah Menorah is the light, the original light that was too precious and was hidden away after the first Shabbos. Mamela Tovin. So the light that was lighting after the first military victory, that was lighting miraculously, and the menorah is a symbol for the illumination, the enlightenment of Torah wisdom, which is alluded to by the idea of if you want to get wise, point southward, and the menoida is in the south. When we daven, in daven shminas, we daven towards Yerushalayim, which generally where we live is, is east. But uh, there are permutations there, you know, a little like... Uh, like on a compass, you have the, what do they call the, the, not the cardinal directions, but like the, so uh, if you do, if you do east, let's say you're davening from here, and you're davening east, and you, but you do a little, a little uh, north type of orientation, uh, actually that itself is east, and that's north, so you do like a, like a that, you know, so then you, then you get, you'll get rich. Because you davening the 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 shulchan, and the beis hamikdash was in the, was in the tzafin was in the north. Shulchan is the symbol of sustenance, the table, the parnasa, the sustenance is on the table. So, that's that's to get rich. But if you want to get wise, so you point a little to the south, because the menorah was in the south, and the menorah is light, which represents spiritual enlightenment, which is chokmas hatayra. Okay. Im Kain, that's based on the Gemara Baba Basra. Im Kain, al Korcha, ha oira ba mina oira gonas, shenignas betoira. He says like this this miraculous light that was shining during those days, they didn't have enough oil to, to burn all that time. It wasn't regular light, it was miraculous light. Where did the miraculous light come from? It was pulled from the original oira gonas, the hidden away 
light. He prophetically, or they, the Chachamim, prophetically knew <clears throat> that every year that there would be access, at this time, again, there would be access to this Oyer Haganus. So that's basically why the Menorah was, it's not just a, a Zecher, just a, a commemoration. It's actually, it's a tool. The Menorah is technology by, where, by which we tap into um, the availability, the rare once a year, not once one day a year, but eight days a year, uh, availability of this, of this Oiragonas, which is otherwise um, something that we can't physically see. And that is why they call the Yom Tov Hanukkah. Now, there's many different explanations why Hanukkah is called Hanukkah. The most simple explanation, because Hanukkah means inauguration. Hanukkah is Hamiz They had to re-inaugurate the altar after it was desecrated. Um, but here he says something really amazing. What is Hanukkah? Shehu chinuch vehergel al loosid geulo hasida shaaz yizgala lanu haoiraganus b'shleimus. Chanukah is called Chanukah because it's a chinuch. It is a training to prepare you to get you ready for the messianic future when the hidden light will once again be completely revealed. <laughs> so basically, what's Hanukkah? Hanukkah is training. Let's get ready for Mashiach, because soon Mashiach is going to come, and the Oiraganus is going to be revealed all the time. So you don't want to suddenly get hit by this Oiraganus and have no experience with it whatsoever. So Hanukkah is our eight-day-a-year training. You know, like National Guard. What do they do once a year? They have to go, well, how does it work? You know? Reserves. Yeah, the, the reserves, what do they do? One week a year or something like that? Yeah, we'll find out. Okay. So anyways, this Hanukkah is like the eight-day year training to make sure that you have some practice. You have some practical experience with the Oiraganus. Kamesha Amrud Azal, like the sages say in the Gemara and Chagiga, where's the Oiraganus now? Well, it was put away for the future. For the tzaddikim in the future. What does it mean when Mashiach comes? Kedachsiv, like it says, La yilacha aid hashemesh la oir yemam, ula nega, hayareach la yoir loch, hoyaloch hashem la oir oilam. That uh, it says in the, in the Navi in, in, in Yeshaya that it's not going to be sun and moon that are going to illuminate for you, but Hashem is going to illuminate for you. What does that mean? It means the Hashem's light. It was hidden away. And we're going to all be able to see by that light. When is that going to happen? When we finish the present, the current exile, which is the exile of the fourth kingdom, the kingdom of Rome. But when the, the third kingdom, which was 
Greece, Greece was the third kingdom, Rome was the fourth kingdom, Rome continues. So at the end of the third kingdom, Yavon, Greece, Hashem gave us a little peek, a little taste of that light. Why? He says, to offset or to counterbalance the fact that when did Hanukkah take place? It took place in the post-prophetic era. It took place in the post-prophetic era, after the final Nevi'im. The last uh, Navi in, in Nach is Malachi. And uh, Hanukkah is after. That's why Hanukkah is not in Nach. Purim is in Nach. It's in a time of Esther was a, was a prophetess. Daniel. Daniel is uh, even, yeah, he's uh, also a prophet. You know, the Gemara in Megillah speaks about how do we know that he was a prophet. But uh, Hanukkah took place in the post-prophetic era. There was no more prophecy. So to counterbalance that, the fact that there was no more prophecy, Hashem said, you know what? I'll give them a little or hagonas. I'll give them a little shine of that light. And that was the light that was, was shining on the Menorah for those miraculous <laughs> days. That that light should stand instead for us of the nevuah that we lost. That we'll have that as a replacement during our uh, exile. We know that Odomerishan, how did he use the Oiraganas? With the Oiraganas, he was you could see very clearly with the Oiraganas. Uh, Adamarishan was able to stare from one side of the world to the other. He knew everything that was going on in the entire world. Does that mean physically or does it mean uh, consciousness? Either way, what it means is that with this light, you can know everything in the world. So a prophet was able to know what's going on was able to have vision to see what's going on. Then that stopped. You didn't have that. Okay, so we have a little bit. Once a year, we have a taste of that light again. Okay, now, let's continue here. Alke Nikra Ner Hanukkah. That's why it's called Ner Hanukkah. Ner Chinuch Vehergola Oir Oilam it's called a Ner Hanukkah, call it a training candle, a practice candle, an educational candle. It, Ner Hanukkah means a candle that is mechanich you, that trains you for getting used to having access to the light of redemption that's going to be revealed in the future. Nemar Bey, of which it says, says about this light, on the first day of creation, let there be light. That's what it means. Hashem's going to be your light. Hashem Havaya. It's talking about the name Yudke Vavke, Hashem's name. Meluav Kanal Begamatria Yehi Oyer. 
that when you spell out, come on in, when you spell out the name Havaya, Yud Kevavke, but you spell each letter as a word. So you spell the letter Yud as Yud Vav Dalit. And you spell Hey. Well, there's different ways of spelling Hey. You could spell it Hey, Hey, or Hey, Aleph, or Hey, Yud. That's how you get the different Meluyim, the different Shemais. But uh, there's a way of writing out the Shemavai. You get the Gematria, Yehi Oir. Venignus Batayra. And where is that light? It was hidden in the Torah. Vihine, Ner Chanukah Chinuch Vehergel LaHaOirahu. So Chanukah is to get us used to that light. Valkein Hu Masugul LaTorah, and that's why Chanukah is a special time for learning Torah because Torah is also a portal into that light. Alkein. Harogel benerze amruloshin harogel margolus atzmila er haosid havayin le bonim tamidichachomim. So somebody who gets himself used to that light, he's actually preparing himself. He's getting used to accust- becoming accustomed to the light of uh, of Mashiach, and that's why he's going to have, like the Gemara in Shabbos says, he's going to have bonim. Because this oil, which is Hanukkah, which is also the oil that everyone's going to see when Mashiach comes, is also the oil of Torah. Explaining this mimer, I think, maybe not in this mimer, explains the idea of Chochem Adif Minavi, that uh, maybe it's coming up. There, there's a few mimerim in. In uh, this section, who speak about similar concepts, but he says chacham There's a concept chacham adif menavi that a chacham is is greater than a navi. So uh, the, the Altarebbe speaks about it in uh, in Geras Kodesh. He says, how come um, the the the, the Arizal says that Nevuos Moshe Rabbeinu was from uh, Netzach and Hoid of Atzilus. But then the Arizal is writing about levels much higher than that, even higher, levels higher than Atzilus itself, even you know, levels pre Hishtalshlus. So he says, because the difference between Chochm and Navua, Chochm Adif Menavi. A Navi sees, he sees something, it's shown to him. He could only see a certain, he could only, he could, he could only take a certain level of revelation. Um, which is why, for instance, uh, Hashem tells the Meishu Rabbeinu, you, can, you, can, you can't see my face, you can only see my back, whatever that means uh, metaphorically, but it means that when you're dealing with Nevoah, there's a certain capacity, and that's it, you can't surpass that. But Chacham Adif Menavi, that with Torah, with Torah you can see these things. So Torah, why is Torah the, this clarity, this ability to see Literally, not just from one end, from one end of the physical world to the other, but all oilamites to see all of say the and beyond and, and above say the because it's this special light which is adif minavi. It's greater than the light of nevuah. The light of Torah is greater than the light of nevuah. Isn't the word that since like chachma, like a comprehension, is a lower level of perception or something than seeing it, so you could reach higher levels, but it's not with the same amount of not exposed to the same extent as seeing, like, because it's more like hearing 
center type of exposure. When you're studying something, you can study it, but not because you're getting the same amount of exposure that you're seeing it, but since it's a lower level of exposure, it should be exposed to higher levels. Meaning it's abstract, right, right. So that's what allows you to see it. Yeah. Are you talking about what in the in the Gerus uh, in the Gerus uh, Kodesh? What the Alter Rebbe says? It's not real when you're understanding something. Not that you're seeing it. Right, right. Because it because it's abstract. It's chokma. It's not your physically. It not, well, the Navi's not physically seeing it either. But it's compared. It's compared to physical sight. Where like if you see something too bright, it'll it'll be too much for you. Right, precisely because he has ideas of Metzias, not Asakas and Mohos, so he, he's able to go much more. He's able to experience much more. But uh, yeah, in Hochinami, it's uh, related to this idea. But that's what Torah is. Torah is Torah's not a picture book. I mean, maybe you like learn, like, I remember when I learned uh, Trefus for Smicha, we had pictures of like different organs and stuff. But Torah's not a picture book, it's concepts. I mean, primarily it's, it's, it's abstract concepts. But because it's abstraction, it's ideas, so you can, uh, you can understand things that are deeper than what you could, you could look at or even visualize. It's the same, same, same concept there, same idea. <laughs> And he said that somebody who learns the Gemara and he thinks that it's talking about a, uh, a, an, a, a, an, an ox or a donkey, he's the ox. Everything, you know, even in Gemara when it's talking about an ox, it's not talking about oxen, it's talking about legal principles, which are ideas, which are abstractions. So the fact that you're learning abstraction, you're learning ideas, not things. Not like, like uh, you're pointing at, at, at an object. Give me that piece of uh, cake. The fact that these are ideas, so you are somewhat distanced from it, which I guess presumably that allows us to appreciate things that are beyond our normal ability to, to experience. But it's the same thing as saying Chochem Adif Menavi, meaning that at the end of the day, who, who knows more about the world? The Talmud Chochem or the Navi? So who knows more about the world? Talmud Chochem. Okay, and you say, he didn't really see it, he only intellectually appreciated it. Okay, in Hochinami, but it's still, he's the one who's actually understanding more about, uh, about the world. Okay, let's keep going here. Umasakor le'enai Um, yeah, okay. Going back to the Rekeach. Tiknu Lamed Vav Nedis Keneged Ashoy Shishimish Oer Arishin Canal, right? We said that. He's repeating that idea that, that there were 36 hours of the. Oira Gonas, or before it became Gonas, Keneged Lashen Oir, Uma Oirais, Vener, Shenizka Betayer Lamavav Palmim Einsham. So Rekeach says that in Torah, the words Oir, light, Ma'irais, luminaries, Ner, candle, 
are mentioned in Torah 36 times. So 36 candles of Hanukkah are uh, representative of that. Ah, this is where he says it. This is like what I wrote, that where is the hidden light hidden in Torah? Yeah, you want to figure out that math? Who can do the math? Five times, 36 is equal to five times that's mentioned in the Torah on Yem Rishain, which is Aleph Lamed Hay. Oh, yes. Uh, you see how, how to do the math? Well, five times 207. Five times two hundred seven. Oyer is two hundred seven. So five times two hundred seven. One thousand thirty five. So a thousand is represented by the aleph. Right. And then the two thirty seven. No, I mean sorry. And then thirty five is a lamed hay. Right. And so you got the thousand thirty five aleph lamed hay, and you get the thirty six. Then we're back to the Lamed Vav, which is the 36 hours that Adam had access to the light, which is the 36 candles that we light over the eight days of Hanukkah. Yeah, everyone follow that? I got that for about two seconds. Right? What's the significance of Hei Because in, in the, the first day of creation, it mentions Oyer five times. That's why it gets the number five. So it mentions Oyer five times. So Oyer, light, is Aleph Vav Resh, which is... 207. It's also the Gematria of Roz, mystery, because the Baal Shem Tov said anyone who knows, um, ha, who has the Oyer of Torah, he knows the, the, the mysteries of the world. So, 207, let's do it again. 207, Oyer, 207, mentioned five times on the first day of creation. Five times 207, 1035. 1000 is represented by the letter Aleph. 35 is Lamed Hay. So you have Aleph and Lamed Hay. You have Hev again, the Lamed Vav, the 36. And that's the 36 hours and the 36 candles. Excellent. Appreciate the, so the accounting. The same oil that's in the Torah is the same oil that is the Hanukkah Menorah, which is the same oil that the Ebeshter let out at the end of Malchus Yovin during the time of the Hashmanoi, which is the same oil that all the Mauritian had for 36 hours at the beginning of creation. It's all the same oil. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you also mentioned the Soyda Kosov. Eichar Yirdev Echod Aleph. How can one person pursue a thousand? How can one pursue a thousand? That's not normal. Such numbers. So uh, it says that that's Eichayir uh, Echod Aleph is representing that idea as well. Hine Haim 
Ela Bigamatria Lamed Vav. Ela is also Aleph Lamed Hey is also Lamed Vav. Vihine Nignas Batoida and this light was hidden in the Toida. Kshiratza Yavanim Levatala Toida. So when the Greeks wanted to tear us away from Toida, and as we know, they were opposed not to the study of Toida as a an academic discipline, but the Kedusha of Toida. They wanted to tear us away from the Kedusha of Toida. What were they trying to do? They were trying to tear us away from the Toida, which gives us access to the hidden light. So Hashem says, hey, you want to try to take us away from the Toida, which gives us access to light? I'm going to give you light. I'm going to shine the light, which was the nest of the Menorah, the shaman. Which is also synonymous with the oir of Torah, which they wanted to tear us away from. And that's why the words light and luminaries and candle are mentioned 36 times in Teda. Valkain, Tiknu of Nedas, and that's why we have 36 candles. Ashreya Om, Shekacha, Light. Fortunate is the nation whose lot is such. Shekacha, Light. That they have this. Light is the possessive pronoun. To him. Or fortunate is the nation, is the nation to, to whom is such. So, Lai, Lamed Vav, 36. Yeah. It's the same as in Torah, so that was the Maharal and the Hanukkah Nairs, but the same as for the Chacham Adat Menavi, he's talking about that the whole year we have Knesset Saga. We have to learn Torah all year. It gives it to us in the sense of Ria. So you can actually look at the Hanukkah Nairs. Right, but exactly. Because the Menavi could actually see. It's, a, it's an actual light. So then you have the Mashal and the Nimshul. You have a, a, a physical embodiment of that light. I want to mention to everybody, by the way, the importance of Hanukkah Gelt. Just uh, mention something from the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Uh, he learns uh, the, the, the Rambam Mishnah Teira says a little history, short little history about the Yavanim Pashtu Yadim Mimeinim Shal Yisro. They set forth their hands against the wealth of the Jewish people. So the Rebbe asks, what's with the poetry? If they stole it, say ganvu. You know, say they stole it. Say they, they vandalized it. They set forth their hand upon uh, Jewish possessions. So uh, the Rebbe says like this, you could probably uh, explain it in a way similar to Timokol that they defiled all of the, the oil. Why did the Greeks defile the oil? There was no strategic reason to do that. It was an ideological statement. They hated the idea that you could have spiritual qualities attributed to physical things. Like if you take Shem and Tohar and Shem and Tome and you send them to a lab, I promise you you'll never see the difference between them. They're physically identical. Now, you know, talk about like kashras, let's say. Okay, so that's food chemistry. There's like real physicality to that. You could tell the difference between something that has... Uh, you know, uh, milk and meat. You could, 
even if uh, if you couldn't see it, but you sent it to a lab, they could figure it out. Shemin Tome, you, you put it on the microscope, you'll never be able to say there's anything discernible about this uh, that's different than the Shemin Toher. So the Greeks hated that we attributed spiritual qualities to physical things. So when they came into the base of English, they made a statement. They said, we're going to be metame the shmanim and leave it there and go ahead, use it just like that. Just, just like that. You know, like when you cut your kid's sandwich and they cry and say, oh, you cut it funny, I don't want to eat it. No, no, you're going to eat the sandwich just like that. <laughs> okay, so you're going to use it just like that. Just like that. Um, and the Jews said, no, actually, we're not, we're not going to use it like that because there is such a thing as Tuma Vatara. And just because we're dealing with physical things doesn't mean that there's no sanctity and there's no spirituality. And to the contrary, everything has a nefesh and a guf and a, and a choymer and a tzura. And there is such a thing as shemin, which is toher, and shemin, which is tome. So... Um, means the Greeks, just like with the oil, they didn't steal it, they didn't vandalize it, not in the, in the conventional sense, like physically vandalizing. They, they, they said, here, we're going to be metama the shaman and then leave it for you to use it. Use it in an impure state. Because there's no reason why it should be any problem. There's nothing wrong with using shaman tame. So the same thing, they reached out their hand, they set forth, they touched the Jewish wealth. We gave it a Greek touch. In other words, they were Matama Jewish wealth. They didn't take it. They didn't confiscate it. They didn't vandalize it. They said, you keep it. You keep it. But just promise me one thing. Buy yourself something pretty. Don't try to use, don't try to sanctify this. This is money. It's just material. Just keep it material. Go out and eat food and enjoy, you know, like buy a car. But don't try to sanctify it. Please, you can't do that. There's no such thing. If it's physical, it's physical. That's it. And, and we said, no, no, no. If it's physical, it could also be spiritual. Right? We are the nation that brings echad, oneness of Hashem, into oritz, into physicality. In fact, that is the oneness of Hashem. That for Hashem, the spiritual and the material are both creations, and He wants to be present equally everywhere. So, how do we celebrate the fact that we sanctify the physicality and we insist that material things can and, and must be holy? By giving Hanukkah gelt. When we give money to kids, we say, here, take this money. And we, and we make that into a mitzvah. That is, uh, that's how we celebrate our freedom. We won. They tried to kill us. What's, how's it going? They tried to kill us. What's the thing? They found us, we won the seat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How's it go? They, they tried to kill us, we won, let's eat. They tried to kill us, we won, let's eat. That's right. Okay.